Hello, and welcome to the Sportsfield Management Podcast. I'm your host, John Kamita, Associate Publisher and Editorial Brand Director for Sportsfield Management Magazine. On this episode, I'm joined by Meg Kruger, Content Marketing Lead with Pioneer Athletics, to discuss social media for Sportsfield Management professionals. Among other duties, Meg is the mastermind behind the Pioneer Athletics and the Women in Turf team's social media accounts, and has presented sessions at industry events to help sports field managers grow their brands to impact their crews, their careers, and their communities. And with that, please enjoy this episode of the Sports Field Management Podcast and my conversation with Meg Kruger. Hi, Meg, and welcome to the Sports Field Management Podcast. Hi, John. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, this is actually my first time on this side of the table or or on this side of the Zoom, so I'm excited to be a guest for the first time. Well, I'm, I'm excited to speak with you about social media tips for sports field management professionals, but before we dive into that, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at Pioneer Athletics, and especially as it relates to helping sports field management professionals improve their social media presence. Definitely. Well, I'm an expert on myself, so that's an easy question. Um, I have just celebrated four years with Pioneer. I have a background in journalism, public relations, social media. And when I joined Pioneer, I had no idea like what sports field management was. How I got hired is a mystery, but I must have, <laughs> must have turned on the charm well enough. And I really came on board to create content for sports field managers. And we kind of started with the intent of creating a lot of educational content, technical writing, you know, on how to utilize grow covers or where to store your paint when the temperatures go below freezing. And a a good part of my job still involves that. But I also took over all the social media for Pioneer when I joined the team. Um, and that became like my passion project, just because I had been running social media accounts for you know businesses, LinkedIn accounts for businesses for years, but I had never found such an engaged audience as the sports field managers. Like, you post a question and you instantly have like four people who you know genuinely want to help you out. So that really became my passion project. And then in 2020, we started our Groundskeeper Chat podcast which has really spiraled into, you know, it's at the core of a lot of our campaigns now. So even if we're going to write about, you know, how to do snow removal on your sports field, we usually will have a podcast incorporated in that. And then some Mm -hmm. technical writing and then a lot of, you know, social media to kind of promote that. But one thing, you know, really, I think probably starting in 2020, when budget talks and labor issues, especially in response to COVID became such a, you know, such a challenge for sports field managers, I really started trying to help them combat that and help them earn a seat at the table. And, you know, my expertise is in branding and in social media. So Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, tell them, oh, you need to, you know, go invest in this piece of equipment or, you know, hire this person because they're going to have this type of skill. But I really thought I could, you know, share some of my branding tips to kind of help them earn a seat at that table so that when labor and budget conversations were happening, they were being consulted. Sure, sure. You know, the the whole topic of social media and, and all of the platforms that are out there and the options that are available, 
I know for a lot of folks, you know, inside the industry and out, it can seem daunting to really even just get started. So for those who don't have a social media presence or they have a limited presence or it's outdated, they haven't touched it in a while, and they're just trying to figure out where to go, what tips do you have in terms of how or where to start? Definitely. Well, I think, you know, one of the first things you have to decide is how you want to be out there branded. So do you want to be out there as a personal, you know, sports field manager and everything you post is going to be related to you and your skills and your job? Or do you want to take the approach, maybe you're the the manager or the head groundskeeper, mm-hmm. and do you want to take the approach of putting your crew out there? So it's not just going to be content about you and your job, but what the entire crew is doing. Sure. Um, and that's a really good option for people who maybe they are already utilizing social media for their personal life. You know, they're connecting with friends and family, and they don't necessarily want that to, they don't want their crew or they don't want their you know, professional social media activity to leak into that, um, mm-hmm. they could create a crew profile. And I've found that, yeah, some people, you know, some people are just private. They don't want to have a photo of their kid. And then the next day, a photo of them on the job. And then the next day, you know, a family photo at Easter. So there is, there is definitely a decision to be made there because I would say the number one thing when starting out is consistency. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to, Choose which route you want to take as far as do you want to be on there personally or do you want to be on there as a crew? And then you want to pick a platform and then you want to be consistent. And you and I, you know, we talked a little bit about what kind of, you know, trends we're seeing on the social media platforms right now. And I would say, you know, Twitter is still the bread and butter for the turf industry Mm -hmm. in, in the sense that a lot of the authentic conversations are still taking place on Twitter. That's not to say that you can't go on Facebook and find, you know, a really great chapter page or go on there personally and start joining conversations and have success. But I think if you're going to create a crew profile or a chapter page for your local, you know, branch, or even just, you know, this is my groundskeeping, you know, portfolio page a lot of your success is going to be found on Twitter. You know, TikTok is also something to start exploring. I know I spend, you know, plenty of time on TikTok, but, (laughs) you know, as far as like bringing a spotlight to our industry and really garnering some attention from outside forces, you know, Mm -hmm. TikTok is where we're going to get the most eyeballs, I think right now, but I don't think you're necessarily going to be able to go on there and post a question and get a bunch of groundskeepers responding. So for the purpose of like recruiting or just industry advocacy, TikTok is a really cool option and people love like satisfying paint videos. They could consume those all day. So that's a cool avenue for it. But I do think I'll just reiterate this, like where those authentic thought leadership type of networking relationships are happening is still Twitter. Um, so again, you know, pick whether you want to be personal or if you want to have a crew profile, pick your platform and then be consistent. You don't want to make three posts your first week and then fall off the face of the earth and then get upset when you come back six months later and, you know, nobody, you know, you don't have anybody engaging with your next post. That's just the algorithms are 
a mystery to anybody who's out there <laughs> trying to figure them out. But I will say people who post more consistently are going to have a better time catching more eyeballs. Sure. Now for those, for those who go the personal routes, what are the key benefits that you would say for doing that in terms of establishing a personal brand and how's that being utilized by sports field management professionals to establish themselves as that social media presence separate from their crew or their organization? Definitely. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest and brightest ways to use social media for sports field managers is to create that personal portfolio. Even if you are 100% happy in your job, to have a portfolio that you can reflect on, even if a higher up comes to you and says, hey, we just you know spent like $10,000 on you know new soil. How was it utilized? Oh, well, here's an entire time lapse of our construction project. And here's you know the tournament that we had the weekend after. And this is how the field looked after 14 games. So really being able to utilize social media for data points in those kind of conversations. But going back to like your own personal branding, especially if you want to become a thought leader in this industry and you want to be, you know, having a career that takes you from intern all the way to head groundskeeper, all the way to, you know, beyond and beyond mm -hmm. having that personal um, portfolio and that personal branding is going to help you a lot more than maybe investing five years into creating a crew profile and then getting a new job and having to leave that crew profile behind and starting a whole new one. Or on the flip side, you know, creating a profile for your organization and them kind of having a say in exactly what you post and how you say it. So a lot of that authenticity could be taken away. So I, I do think if you're willing to put yourself out there, the benefits are tenfold when creating a personal profile for your career, for your crew, even if you're not creating a crew profile, they have somebody, you know, on the crew that's leading the charge and really creating that spotlight on them. That's going to benefit them. And then also your community is greatly impacted, especially if somebody's like, oh, I, I love that guy that takes care of the fields. I'm going to go follow his social media. Now you've got like four people on the local baseball team, their parents following what you guys are doing throughout the week. Now you don't have those parents saying, well, why was the game canceled? Or, right. you know, you know, why, why can't we have the tournament here this weekend, even though it's not raining today, just things like that, that it could really help combat some of those misconceptions. <laughs> now you mentioned in terms of that balance between personal and professional, you mentioned about posting your pictures of your kids or pictures of your dog or things that you're cooking, you know, mixed in with the things that you're doing on the job. Do you have recommendations for the type and balance of content being shared if you're doing a personal branding? And then also kind of as a follow-up to that, are there do's and don'ts if you're involved with both your personal branding and then also with an organizational social media platform? Definitely. So again, I think that comes down to, you know, your personal preference. And I know there are a ton of people that choose not to put their family on social media, and I can completely respect that decision. But if you're somebody that is, you know, willing to share that aspect of your life, I don't necessarily think there's like a right or wrong cadence as far as, you know, you have to make one post about work and then two posts about family or anything like that. 
I think as long as it's authentic and, you know, you're putting, you're putting out there what you want the world to see and you're willing to kind of engage with people if they respond. I don't think there's a right or wrong cadence in how, how you go about that. I will say I breed the most beautiful children. So there's a lot of them on my <laughs> social media pages. But I do think like when it comes to, I have a specific Twitter page that's associated with like my work. And, you know, I know that people don't want to see my kids' faces as much as my mom does on my Facebook page. So I do think it is a little bit of common sense as well. Just like, you know, right place, right time type of thing. Now I will say like, if you're going to have a personal profile out there and you're going to be wearing your organization's uniform or you're going to be showing your organization's stadium in a bunch of your posts, you do have to be careful adding some of those personal elements on your page. I don't think any organization has a problem with you posting your dinner from last night or a family photo. But if you get on there and you start talking about you know, some of the more colorful things in life, yeah. they they might have an issue or two. So I think towing the line there is really important. And, you know, I do think like it is n nice to get some authenticity from people and hear their opinions from time and time again. But you do got to be careful and make sure that it aligns with what your organization is okay with. And even just simple things like, you know, I there was a photo that... um a groundskeeper took last year and they were painting with pioneer paint and their feet were in the photos. And I like sent it to my boss. I'm like, uh, I'm going to retweet this and say like, you know, feet pics going for a hundred dollars or something. <laughs> and I think that that's hilarious. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not technically bad, but <laughs> the organization doesn't want to be out there making kind of like a crass joke like that. Right. So I think I ended up retweeting it from my own profile and said, <laughs> not, not the opinions of my employer, but <laughs> feet picks for sale. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's not even like the hot topics, like political things or anything like that. It could be as simple as like, is this kind of your organization's voice or is this something that they would be okay with it coming from their own profile? Okay. Now you, you mentioned the challenges of establishing and also maintaining it, not being too active up front and then not being able to keep up with it. Do you have a recommendation in terms of the number of platforms to be active on and also how active to be on each platform? Yeah, that one is tough because I live and breathe social media. So I'm like, I can manage four accounts, you know, on a day. And I literally do. I manage like seven accounts. <laughs> um, but I do think you have to be realistic. And I would say if you're just starting out, pick one and plan on posting once a week when you're starting out. And that doesn't mean that you can't engage in other conversations and retweet and like and things like that. But from your own profile, I would say start a cadence that is sustainable. So, you know, once a week, be intentional about, you know, posting. If you find that like you're gravitating towards your phone to take a photo every couple of days and you want to share it with everyone, that's great. And, but I would just like when you're starting out or when you're ramping up your current efforts, it's really important to pick a plan that's going to be sustainable. Cause you know, that's even something I think that when I 
started at Pioneer, I was like, we were posting probably like four times a week. And I had the capacity and I had the ability to do that. But then also, if I had something that I said on Tuesday that I really wanted to resonate with people and I wanted to generate a ton of eyeballs for it, if I then posted on Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, and then Thursday again, just the way the algorithm works, it pushes everything down. So I think just being intentional about it. And if you're if you're looking to, you know, create a portfolio in a sense, making posts that are intentional is only going to help you. So that you could simply, if you do apply for a job or if you do go to find data points for the higher ups, you have this nice curated, you know resume in a sense that you can pull from. So yeah, I think I would say starting with one and being consistent and sustainable and then kind of, you know, seeing which other ones might be helpful, you know, be helpful to pair with that. You know, a real easy, easy hack. If you're going to run like a chapter page or, you know, a crew page is you could post the same kind of content on your Twitter, on your Facebook, on your Instagram and just hope to get as many eyeballs at once. But if you're like doing a personal page and you're posting like the same thing on all five of your accounts, I would say that it, you know, it may not resonate with people as much, but I think people understand when it's coming from like a business page or a chapter page, they see it multiple times. They're like, okay, they just really want to promote this special event, or they want to really, you know, bring a ton of attention to this particular issue we're facing. Sure. Now you mentioned retweeting, liking, sharing. What are your recommendations in that in terms of how frequently someone should should retweet or share so as not to bury their own original content? Yeah, I I think a lot of the posts that, you know, get a lot of attention are those retweets, are mm-hmm. those, are those quote tweets just because it's a conversation. It's not just your one-off photo or something. So I would say if you have, yeah, again, if you have the capacity for it and you're sitting on your phone and at night and you just are going through liking a bunch of things, I don't think there's too much harm in that. Especially since I think now when you go on Twitter, like the only things that will show on your profile are the things that you intentionally posted or you intentionally retweeted slash quote tweet. So if you're just liking or commenting on people's things, that's not going to live on your profile. It will show up in the feed and people will be able to see your activity, but it's not going to like live on your profile for the indefinite future. So I don't really think there's like a wrong cadence there, especially if you're engaging in conversations that establish you as a thought leader in the industry. Mm-hmm. Now, we spoke a lot about the personal branding and the personal account side of things when it comes to the professional or the organizational or the crew social media platforms. Any recommendations there in terms of the type of content or even some interesting examples you've seen in our industry for how people are going above and beyond or utilizing it to to really garner attention to their organizational social media platforms. Definitely. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for a good crew profile. I think it's a really cool way to be out there on social media because it's not just one person. It's, you know, you have a bunch of different characters that you could be uh showcasing. And also it 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 really highlights one of the best elements of our industry, which is that 
that family bond among sports field managers. You know, I love seeing like a post of a, a baseball crew, you know, working together on the field or doing a tarp pull or something. Those are the best things about our industry. The Iron Pigs ground crew, grounds crew Twitter page is like one of my favorites, just because I think they do a really good job of highlighting everyone from the, the seasonal employee to the intern, all the way up to someone who's been working on the crew for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really effective because if somebody's out there engaging with that content, like they're like, Oh, well that could be me. Or, you know, that could be me in 15 years. It's really easy to see yourself when there's so many different characters on a, on a crew page. I currently do the social media for the women in turf team page. And it's so great because there's so many people I can pull from. There's not just Mm -hmm. one storyline there. You know, one week, somebody could be getting a new certification that we want to call out. Or the next week, someone is graduating with a new degree and we get to highlight them. So I think as far as recommendations go, it's just, it's it gives you access to so many more storylines and so many more opportunities to reach people that may not know anything about our industry or may not know about the certain jobs they could have. So I think it's definitely a really cool way to engage. And I think for like chapter pages, again, like I think some chapter pages right now are strictly just posting, okay, we have a meeting Mm -hmm. at this time, or here's our one photo from like our quarterly, you know, whatever. I think something that could be really cool to start seeing from them is like, you know, them resharing or retweeting or even creating a post of their own about what their chapter members are doing out in the field. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a post about just when they're together, you know, look, this is one of our chapter members who just completed a field construction and we want to highlight them. And, you know, again, just really tapping into all the different storylines you have access to when you have a group page. Sure. And I know we're going to be delving into some more specific examples in future conversations and getting a little bit more into the nuts and bolts of some of these some of these options. And, and again, I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us. But before I let you go, are there any other, you know, as people are getting started, any kind of key do's and don'ts or other nuggets of advice you have or possibly any resources that you have or know of that our listeners could utilize to help them you know, in this journey to get up and running on social media? Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, going and just engaging on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram and finding those people that you like their content and, you know, not necessarily copy and pasting, but, you know, mimic what they're doing. You know, somebody that like I constantly have their feet open is Lines and Logos on Twitter. It's Andy Hubbard. And I just, I love the content he puts out there because you always feel like you're on a road trip with him. You know, he's he's here, he's in this state one week and then the next day he's somehow over here <laughs> and he really highlights all the different people that come out and paint with him. And a lot of like my content ideas come from just like, oh, I love what that person did on Twitter. I'm going to put my own spin on it. So I would say that's one of my biggest pieces of advice is just go on there and find the people that you find yourself gravitating towards and think about how you could be sharing content similar to theirs. You know, like an entire, uh, 
Leah Withrow with the Reno Aces, she's an all-star when it comes yeah. to social media. Like she could probably talk on this topic for days and days. And I love when she would, you know, around hiring time each year, showcase, you know, funny videos from the previous season and mm -hmm. be like, hey, come work with us. And that like sparked an entire idea in me where it was like, oh, like that's exactly how we should be recruiting people. Yeah. Like how effective is, a, you know, a job line on Indeed that says like, you know, seasonal grounds crew member when mm -hmm. someone has no idea what that entails. Sure. But how much more effective is a, a compilation of videos of what that seasonal grounds crew member does on the Reno Aces crew that season? I just thought that was a really cool way to kind of, you know, advocate for the industry, but also, you know, recruit talent for your own crew. So again, that would be my biggest piece of advice is just find the people that you enjoy following and think about how you could create content that's similar to theirs. And then as far as like do's and don'ts, I know it's like a simple term, but I do think it comes down to common sense sometimes. <laughs> you know, if you, if you're really fired up after like an interaction with a parent on the field, because they were unhappy with your job, Twitter's probably not the place to take yeah. it immediately. You know, maybe call, call your buddy or, or call your partner and invent to them about that. And then if you're still feeling fired up and you think this is a a major problem everyone could be facing, maybe it's time to take it to Twitter. But <laughs> I would say common sense where it's like, you know, don't always, always bring it to Twitter if if you're feeling fired up. Sure. <laughs> I think we see a lot of that where it's like, um, oh, you know, this happened, this happened. And, and we do get great support from each other, but you would never want that to find the the eyeballs of that actual parent or something yeah. or you know we see it all the time where other people are like oh how did this grounds crew manage that and it's like you know other people are quick to come to their defense luckily and be like well you probably don't know the whole story here but i would say you know just common sense as far as you know don't put your foot in your mouth mm -hmm. <laughs> don't put your tweet out there that's gonna you know backfire and again, that's, it sounds so contradicting after preaching authenticity and, you know, you know, preaching about becoming a thought leader. Cause we want people out there who are authentic and really sharing, you know, not a script, but it is like that perfect, you know, towing the line of yeah. being authentic and, and going too far and turning people off. Definitely. Well, again, I, I really appreciate the uh, the expert insight, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you on some of these more in-depth topics as we go into other episodes of the podcast. But uh, thanks again for, for joining me, Meg, and look forward to talking with you down the road. Of course. Thank you so much, Don. I hope people get some good golden nuggets from this. Definitely. Thanks again. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sportsfield Management Podcast and Meg's insights into growing your social media brand. We look forward to future conversations with Meg where we plan to discuss in more detail the various social media platforms and related tips. Until then, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.